and welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C., and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean C., along with our wonderful producer, Eli, who's in the building today. Eli's doing awesome with a capital A. Sean, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Will. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, for the most part. Can't complain. We have a very special guest with us right now. Back for the second time. Back for the second time. Well, first time with Sean here. Yes. His name is Brandon Robinson, a.k.a. Scoopy. He covers the NBA. Brandon, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good for the most part. Can't complain. Can't complain outside of this NBA trading deadline that just came and went. So We know, Scooby, we know that you got zero sleep. So thank you for making some time, man. (laughs) Of course, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. I like the old uh, NBA on TNT intro. You have me hooked ever since. (laughs) I, I love it. I love it. I love that theme. One of the top five themes, I think, of pro sports. But anyway... We got a show to talk about. We got some uh, trades to talk about. Uh, Brandon, what was one of the more surprising trades at the deadline yesterday in your mind? Um, I think the the you knew Gasol was going to go somewhere. Uh, him being swift, excuse me, swapped for uh, Jonas Valanciunas threw me a little bit because I didn't see Toronto in the picture, but I can tell you that. Talks kind of broke down with the Charlotte Hornets, and you know Gasol wasn't the only guy that the Hornets were looking at. They were also looking at uh, Andre Drummond, uh, and they were also looking at um, Drew Holiday, and they got neither. That's that's crazy. And um, what you say? No, no, I was going to say that's crazy how they were going to. They were looking at both those guys, and they they wound up whiffing on that. But for Gasol to go to Toronto is just absolutely even more kind of surprising in a sense because we all thought that he would be a lifer in Memphis. But you know how it goes. A team needs a big man, and one team in the Grizzlies looking to get some uh, something back in return and you know wound up working for both sides. But how does Marcus Gasol fit in? With the uh, with the Raptors right now at this point, I mean he adds a, a piece to the puzzle um, that the Raptors needed years ago, and you kind of saw it in the playoffs last year, um, where they Jonas Jonas Valanciunas couldn't even contend against LeBron James. He looked like a uh, Charles Smith going toe to toe with Michael Jordan uh, in the NBA playoffs back when the Knicks and the Bulls were rivalry rival had a big rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you look at the, the Toronto Raptors, man, I mean, you you add Mark Gasol to a already potent roster that includes Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, um, Serge Ibaka, uh, Danny Green, um, and, and and really and truly, I believe that Danny Green uh, was one of the the, the uh, low key acquisitions that was was a great additive to that team. Uh, and, I, and I think that down low, where you have a Serge Ibaka, who is their power forward, um, he's more of a finesse power forward. And to be honest with you, adding Mark Gasol to that Toronto Raptors team allows Serge Ibaka to play like Serge Ibaka in OKC, and that's a winner. You know, I've said this on record a lot. Um, the Toronto Raptors have the chance to be the first non-U.S. team to potentially be 
an NBA champion. We love our friends in, in Canada. They're still family, uh, but that's still Canada and that's still the United States. So uh, two different countries, but uh, we're both in North America. So, you know, to, to, to have that possibility, it's pretty scary on the side of just the addition that Marcus all brings. It allows, I think Marcus all coming allows Sergei Chibaka to play like his old self. Um, and, if Kawhi Leonard keeps clicking on all cylinders while the Sixers, I think, won uh, the trade deadline as far as them adding Tobias Harris and other pieces to already impressive Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I do think that the Toronto Raptors, um, in the words of Beyonce, let let us upgrade them. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, Scoop. Scoop, Scoop, you know, as we've all heard, you know, is sometimes the best trade is a trade that you don't make. And I know that everybody was talking about, you know, Davis, Lakers, Lakers, Davis, blah, 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 blah. And I view a win last night, even though it's just one win and it's just one game, I view a win last night for them as a win that could potentially be like, hmm, maybe we have something here with these young guys that in the off, off a season we could still add a... I mean, um, sorry, um, we could still sign a guy for the max and keep this young core instead of getting rid of the core to bring in a guy. So to that, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you this. I do believe that um, when it's all said and done in the NBA's Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers have dealt with injuries, have dealt with Anthony Davis rumors and more. But if the Lakers don't have to see the Golden State Warriors in earlier rounds in the NBA's Western Conference, I do believe that those are the two teams that can compete in the Western Conference Finals. Scoop, I got to ask. Believe... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I... go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't know. No, I believe that they could go seven games. That that would be That would be one interesting series, to say the very least. I mean, a lot of fans and Basketball heads would definitely want to watch that series. That's for sure. Um, you talk about the uh, you talk. There was a uh, the Knicks. They went out. They traded for KP. They traded away KP, and they uh, they opened up a lot of uh, salary cap space. The same thing can be said with the Los Angeles Clippers, who were in the in the playoff hunt. What 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 are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers' recent moves? I know that they've that they want to go out and try and sign a star during the off season, but in the middle of a playoff run, you know, I I don't I don't get it. You know, trying to make these moves for future, I I don't know. What, what's your take? So you're asking why they made such a move? Yes. Well, I think they're clear, clearing up salary cap space. If, if Kristaps Porzingis doesn't want to be there um, and the Knicks weren't looking to really resign him mm-hmm. um, when they had the chance to, all indications seem that they don't want him there. So you look at the situation with um, the or you look at the situation with Porzingis being traded minutes after um, his meeting with, with Nick's brass, mm-hmm. I can tell you that um, the Dennis Smith conversation was already a conversation that the Mavericks were having with the Knicks and during, you know, Dennis Smith and, and, and Rick Carlisle's uh, back and forth beef. But what I can tell you is nobody, and I mean 
nobody, I'm, I'm acting like the rap or the, the rest of Chris Jericho here, right. um, <laughs> would assume that um, Chris Porzingis would be traded. And I think that the Knicks are looking into the salary cap because they believe that they have the opportunity uh, to bring in some big names in the offseason. Um, and I can also tell you that the Knicks and the New Orleans Pelicans were discussing a potential trade, and the Knicks were hoping that they could make some sort of move without Perzingis. Um, I know that the Knicks were looking to shop Mitchell Robinson. I know the Knicks were looking to shop Kevin Knox. No such deal. Um, and I think Chris Stapps Perzingis on the Dallas Mavericks seems like a logical fit. But I'll tell you what, I believe that Tim Hardaway Jr. joining the Dallas Mavericks um, will revive him some bit because the the Mavericks, like J.J. Barrera, who will be out for nine to ten months, um, Dennis Smith was their point guard, kind of. And Tim Hardaway, while people think he's going to be their spot-up shooter, he can drive to the basket, he can make some things happen. I think he and Luka will play off each other and will do some damage. But as it relates to the New York Knicks, um, the tanking word has been used. They uh, they have alluded that they're not, but all indications seem that that's what they're doing and trying to acquire Zion Williamson in the NBA draft. But I'm going to be honest with you. I like R.J. Barrett better in the draft than I do Zion Williamson. Uh, and there's another guy uh, that's out of Murray State uh, that I like uh, who, who reminds me a lot John of Morant. Russell Westbrook. What'd you say? Uh, John Morant, I believe, is uh, it's his name. Yes, Morant. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I like his game. I think as much as people pay attention to to, to Zion, John Moran is is really and truly a, a guy that's going to be a star as well. I think, you know, when you look at the Knicks right now, people think, oh, Kevin Durant is coming, and oh, we're going to get Zion Williamson, and that's just going to be one big happy family. It doesn't always work like that. Exactly, exactly. Skip at I'm sorry, Scoop at the beginning. Of the year, I feel like I was one of like the few Nets fans. I am a big Nets fan that actually thought that this team could actually not be, you know, great or be good, but you know, kind of be middle of the pack. And you know, Scoop, I think that they have exceeded everybody's expect uh, um, uh, expectations uh, so far. I do understand that it is the East, and I do understand that they're only like twenty nine and twenty six. But I mean. They only won 28 games all of, you know what I'm saying, uh, last year. And to have 29 wins now, uh, definitely a huge a boost up. So, can, so kind of tell me what's your thoughts about them and the season they've had so far this year. And their adults or team, there's summertime that's going to have a bunch of um, a capital space. Do you think that they can get a max guy to come here? Um, I do think that they'll be able to get some attractive guys. I mean, if they play their cards right, they could sign two next guys. Um, as, as much as I do think it's it's plausible uh, that uh, Kawhi Leonard would stay in Toronto, um, I do think that um, if not Toronto, mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets are a plausible option. Um, as are the Clippers. I, I put I put the, the Brooklyn Nets as second behind the Raptors, and I put you know the Clippers behind them. But I think that the thing about the Nets that's so impressive is 
their growth post that disastrous trade with the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, they were able to, you know, get D'Angelo Russell out of fire sale and in, in, in exchange for Brooke Lopez, who I'm happy is finding success in Milwaukee. Um, you look at, um, you look at the situation with the Nets, their bench is impressive. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is playing exceptionally well. Uh, he's out right now, but we'll return to action soon. Uh, and then, you know, the Nets were clicking on all, all cylinders at the beginning of the year uh, when Karis, before Karis LeVert got hurt. And when he comes back, they're going to be a problem. You know, Rodney Hollis Jefferson, I feel at times, was playing out of position as a 3-4 tweener. He's finding uh, a groove in uh, LeVert's absence. Um, I think that at the end of the day, I think that you look at just what the Brooklyn Nets are able to do going into the season. I thought they were the bigger, they were the better team in New York City, and I think that you know from a from a from a a team standpoint, they're impressive. It's not just what the individuals are doing. Uh, their coach has got them playing good basketball, and uh, I, I think this will continue. Scoop, what do you think about Markel Fultz going over to Orlando? Obviously, his second chance, his second shot uh, is kind of sort of somewhat needed for Fultz, but how do you see this deal working out for the Magic in the future? Um, I mean, going into the trading deadline, the Orlando Magic were looking for uh, a, a point guard. Uh, you know, DJ Augustine has, has done all right, but, um, you know, Jeremy Lin was a person of interest they were looking for, and, and, and that couldn't happen. Then, you know, you, you look at uh, the team overall. You look at you look at um, Nikola Vucevic uh, having an All Star season. I mean, you look at Terrence Ross. Will they resign those guys in the off season? That that's the big question. You know, they were rumored in, in potential talks. I know Solomon Hill and and, and Terrence Ross uh, were, were, were rumored to be swapped for each other. Uh, I know Vucevic was potentially involved in a four team trade with. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans, or excuse me, a three-team trade. When you look at um, when you look at Markel Fultz, he leaves the city of brotherly love, a top-five market, and goes to Orlando, where he can kind of fly under the radar. Uh, you knew that when the Philadelphia 76ers got Jimmy Butler, he was kind of out of the Sixers' plans mm-hmm. um, for a myriad of different reasons. He was supposed to be that guy to kind of uh, be a compliment to, to Ben Simmons this season, and it didn't really work out that way. And the Sixers have find, found success this season, and hopefully Markel Fultz can find success in Orlando and, and make some things happen. But I do think that that's a move where he can kind of grow, and uh, I like it. Definitely, Scoop. So the way that I look at it now, Scoop, so, you know, so the trades came – they happened, they took place. Is there a team that you felt kind of put themselves ahead of the rest, like in either the West or the East, based on the trades um, that they made? I, I know that we mentioned um, uh, Toronto as being maybe that team like in the East, but uh, aside from them, is there any other is there any other team or or teams based on the moves that they made that that you feel kind of put themselves in like a good spot to maybe contend with uh, Golden State? I think the Lakers not making any moves gives them the chance to contend with Golden State. Interesting. And when I say not making moves, I mean not making significant moves. Right. 
Right. I think that you you know you you look at what the Lakers didn't do and uh, potential trades uh, that the Pelicans were offering that they didn't take. I mean, they would have gutted their whole team. I, I tweeted this the other day. Uh, Del Demps, general manager for the Pelicans, told Magic Johnson that he wanted Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Zubac, Josh Hart, and Tavis Caldwell Pope, a 2019 unprotected first-round pick, a 2020 first-round pick swap, a 2021 unprotected first-round pick, a 2022 first-round pick swap, a 2023 unprotected first-round pick, and a 2019 and a 2021 second-round pick. The Lakers heard that and said, peace, we out. <laughs> right. I think the fact that they did not gut that team, uh, I think last night gave them the confidence in Boston. And I think they're going to continue to uh, be successful in the second half of the season. Not only that, I feel like uh, this uh, general this general manager, I think, learned, for, even though he wasn't the general manager at the time when the, uh, the Lakers made the moves in getting Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, I think they learned from that. But, you know. See what happens. Um, can you believe that they traded uh, Ivica Zubak, though? I mean, he was having himself a really, really good year. It's been unbelievable, to say the very least. The Lakers now only have JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler uh, only up until this year. And then after that, that's it. Scoop, what, what are your thoughts on that? You cut in and out a little bit. What did you say? I, I asked about the... Uh, Evika Zubak deal that uh, they wound up trading away Zubak for Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala, and I yes, kind yes, of, yes, it yes, very yes. it's a head scratching move in a sense for me anyway. I'm a Laker fan. I don't no, get it. Uh, no, you know why? Because the the Lakers were looking to clear salary cap or more so get draft picks because they're going to have to make some type of move in the offseason. While many people believe it's preferred that the Celtics will have the bigger or the better deal, it's not a guarantee because now you're going to have to wonder whether or not the sixth or rather the, 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 the Celtics are going to give up um, Jason Tatum. And the Lakers got better by not only getting rid of Zubac, they also got rid of Michael Beasley. That's true. That is true. And Beasley, even though he's a vet, he's – I, I don't know. There's a headache. He, thank you, Sean, for <laughs> stealing the thunder on that one. He's a headache. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, Brandon, the, that I didn't get it until now. You kind of just pointed some pointed some light onto onto the situation right there, uh, Brandon. One more question for you. Um, I know the Kings. They wound up going out going out and getting uh, Harrison Barnes. What, what, what's your take on that move? Because they're in the thick of things in the playoff race, and they're only a couple games back out of that final spot for the for the playoffs in the West. What's your take on the Kings right now? I mean, you're right. You look at the NBA Western Conference right now. The Kings are 28 and 26, five and five in their last ten, uh, and they're trailing the Clippers, who are like what maybe two games ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're seeing a, a, a kind of a shift. When you look at the, the top of the, of the Western Conference standings, the Nuggets were leading for most of it. And, um, you know, the Warriors have, have, have steamed ahead uh, by a game. Uh, even the Rockets have found their, their place out of the early doldrums of the, of the first half of the season, and as well as the Spurs. So when you look at the Kings right now, um, the Kings are led by De'Aaron Fox and 
uh, Willie Cowley Stein and, you know, all those guys. I, I, I like what they did. Um, you, early this season, you saw uh, Dave Yeager, head coach, you know, let people know that um, they were looking to, to let the young people run the show. And he st- stayed prudent to that. You saw Zach Randolph get shipped out. Uh, in the in that in that trade for Barnes and and and, that, and I think that you know you look at Harrison Barnes he may be the shooter that they need you know De'Aaron Fox is going to command that double team off the dribble he can kick it to the corner for Harrison Barnes Harrison Barnes to me is never going to be the guy that's going to be the superstar of the team but he's a bunch he's he's going to be he's going to be the guy that doesn't hurt you at all and. Um, I like the move. I like it a lot. I like it in the second half of the season. And that young movement of the Sacramento Kings is going to be a thing to be, to be reckoned with for a little while. Things that you can't beat, youth and speed, and that's what the Kings have. Maybe, you know, down the stretch they'll sneak in and they'll probably put some teams on notice right now. But for trade deadline stats, as per the NBA, 14 trades, most on deadline day in the last 30 years, 19 teams involved. Tied with the 2018 uh, deadline for most deadline days uh, day in uh, 30 years. Uh, and 34 players changed teams, second most on deadline day in the last 30 years, with 43 happening in 2015. So, a lot of moves, Brandon, a lot of moves. A lot, a lot. Of. And I know you probably didn't get any sleep. I know you've been covering the game you know, since you were a kid, obviously, this has probably been one of the more stressing, stressing deadline deals, deadlines for you. I know, I probably know that. It's, it's so. different, but you know what? I love what I do, and uh, I think uh, it was great, man. I, I caught some sleep today. I slept in today, and I woke up a couple times. I was, I, I fell asleep dreaming about sushi, and woke up, and uh, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. So. That's it. A lot of stuff going on this week, and uh, glad it's over. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. What? How do, how do the people follow you, and how do the people get to read about your content and hear about you? Well, first and foremost, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Scoop B. That's S-C-O-O-P, letter B. Uh, Instagram scoop underscore B and make sure you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast. Scoopy Radio uh, was streamed 3.5 million times last uh, year and 2.5 million times uh, in 2017, and uh, it's available on Spotify. Excuse me, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitch app, or simply visit scoopbradio.com. Appreciate that, Scoop. Thank you so, so much for uh, coming on and uh, giving us your time. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to uh, 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 talk to you soon, pal. Yes, sir. Talk to y'all soon. You got it. All right. That was Brandon, a.k.a. Scoop B. Well, he's he's awesome with a capital A. He certainly is covering a lot of material and a lot of things and you know, all these insiders, I feel like they try and steal some, of, work, some, right? some of the guys work. And he works hard, and he's been calling the likes of this Anthony Davis deal the past the season whole started, year yeah, since the season started up. Yeah. And he's he's been calling it. And He, he actually called it last um, – uh, well, not called it, but rumors last summer when Anthony Davis signed with Rich Paul. Right. It was like, right, mm. right. He's LeBron's agent also. Right. 
<laughs> the Lakers have a hole to trade, right? Mm. right? But well, I'm glad that he agreed with me, me and Will. So what well, a post show, and then I mentioned it in um, you know, while he was on. Well, well, I really believe sometimes the best trade is when you don't make. I and, agree. And well, you would know this because the baseball team that you root for, Brian Cashman has done that a bunch of times, where he's where you hear rumblings of a trade, and Cashman is like. Nah, I think yeah. I'm gonna stay put. Yep. And he, th- and well, that's why he's been in the position he has so long. That's why he's brought rings right. to the Bronx. Not because of, man, and he's made some real good deals. He's made some, you know, he's made some head scratching, you know, signings and deals too. But well, he's made more positive ones than negative ones. And when you do right. that, you get rings, which obviously there is no shortage of rings in the Bronx. Absolutely, but that's baseball, and baseball season's coming up soon, and. You know, just to switch gears to baseball now for just a split second here. I know we didn't talk about Mariano Rivera and all the Hall of Famers that made it in to the class of the 2019 Hall of Fame. So, Sean, what, what's your take on, on, on this? It's a good class. You know, you got Mo being the first unanimous first unanimous person to get into the right. MLB Hall of Fame, which is an awesome feat. I think, he, I think next year we're going to have the second one. If Derek Jeter is not the second unanimous Hall of Famer to get voted in, something's wrong, Will. And, well, I'm not going to go off on a rant. Like, it's not a worthy rant thing. But I feel like out of the all of the out of the four Hall of Fames, Will, baseball is the hardest. And I don't understand why. Like, there's so much fighting. And I think, well, was it 2014 or 2015, the voting came back and nobody... You made it in, remember? Yes, I that remember. Year? Yeah. That is embarrassing because you have so many greats of the game and you couldn't get one. And then I think the year after that, it was only one guy. Right. So it was like, so I understand the voting is tough. Mm-hmm. I understand the voting is hard. But you have to start getting some of these guys in. You look at the NBA. Well, the NBA class it is like twenty deep some right. uh, some years. Right. The, the NFL they had a cap of six, now they moved it to eight. Mm-hmm. This year's class is eight. So I'm not saying baseball has to go that far, but I mean there, they got to do so, uh, there, something. There's a lot of things I feel like with baseball that you have a lot of writers that hold these votes, and you know the original rules of the game coming into play where. If you gamble, you're banned for life. Obviously, Pete Rose is a great player. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, he gambled on baseball. And for that, he he honestly, until he dies, I hate to say it like that, but until Pete Rose is dead, they'll vote they'll put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and just no, because. Listen, it could be the same thing with Mark Ma. Uh, Guire, same thing with Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying, and and and, and you know, and Roger and, Clemens, and Roger, Roger Clemens. You know, and you can you, you keep on watching their votes creep up year by year, and a lot of people thought, okay, if if they get into the 60 percentile, they get into the 70 percentile, and you need 75 percent. Those guys barely moved. I think Bonds moved like a point. Yeah, and McGuire was like half a point or something right. like that. Well, but you know what I'm saying. But the class moose. He gets in, and I like what he did. He had great years with obviously the Yankees, Yankees, right? 
uh, Baltimore the same thing. Right. So he's not going to have any team right. on his plaque, which I think is fair because he was going to upset one of the two fan right. uh, bases. Or to me, why not just have him going as both? Not and not have two plaques, but just put both teams on his. Um, I hear plaque. you. I hear you. I I wish I knew the the answer for it. Right. But you know what? Listen, the man's a grown man. He's pitched a lot of games, won a couple of Cy Youngs in Mucina, and you know what? Like I said, he could do whatever he wants. And the same thing with Roy Halladay, with him. With him. Oh yeah, that was. He, he, I mean, I mean, it's it's sad that he. I'm saying that he's he, not here. That he's not here. That was one of the most shocking things that was happened. Yes. Uh, last year, I was like. He's yeah. dead. The plane, like, yeah. I didn't even know that he was into flying. So that was so that kind of nobody, nobody knew. He, nah, that was kind of like a hybrid that he kept, like, to, right. um, to himself. But will Edgar Martinez? That was the best one because, and he, he, that's the reason why I went on the little mini rant because, will this was his final year to get in, and you mean to tell me, a DH is a position. In the lineup in the American League, I understand it's only one half of the league, but well, this guy raked, raked, and raked some more, and he kind of made it made the DH what it is, and 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 the fact that he couldn't get it for ten years, that he had to wait till the last. Like, could you just imagine the nerves he was feeling and the emotions that he went through? Will so I'm right. glad that he got in, but. Overall, well, baseball has to do a, a better job putting these guys in because, well, kind of like you said, the writers, quote unquote, and I'm saying like these guys, and well, and what kills me, well, what kills me is some of these guys have personal vendettas against some of these guys, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, and it's like, okay, he didn't like to talk, uh, um, talk before the game, after the game, right. That does not make him right. unqualified make, to right. be a hall of. If the man doesn't want to talk, he doesn't want to talk. Right? <laughs> like, who cares? Nah, you're you're one hundred percent right on That's that. That's what kept To out all these years because he was like, "Yo, I didn't say nobody mama stink, nobody daddy stink. I didn't curse at at no one. I had issues with guys, with coaches, so on and so forth. But look at my stats. Right. Well, there's some. People that if they create an all-time team, T.O. was a starter on an all-time team. That's how great T.O. was for all these years. So yeah, and you know what? Too you look at you look at the uh, the MLB Hall of Fame, right? And you see a lot of guys recently that have gotten in. Guys like Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell. You know, well deserved, well deserved. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't get why Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are not in, you know, these guys were legit. They were legit. One of the, one of the best players at Clemens and, and, uh, and Bonds at their positions. Bonds is the all time home run King at 762, but nobody's going to say that about him because he took, uh, HGH and PEDs and all that stuff. And the same thing with Clemens being the strikeout king with, you know, having the seven Cy Youngs and all that. You know, it's it's just something that makes you think, makes you wonder. Because as kids growing up, those guys were the most dominant athletes and yet they get shunned like this. Definitely. But they but 
in essence, it's a fair thing to say because, you know, they try to enhance their skills by doing something that, you know, ultimately affected them down the long run, you know? It definitely will. So, I mean, yeah, so I just wanted to, me and Will wanted to, well, I'm gonna go back to basketball for one quick second here. Well, right, a trade that I that I wanted to mention to school, but it just came back into my mind. Tobias Harris, well, goes from the Clippers over to Philly, creates a nice starting five for them. They made some other trades uh, to get some guys to um, to fit out the bench, right? But well, Tobias Harris, he's not a superstar. He he's never going to be a number one on the team, mm-hmm. and maybe he's not going to be a number. Two on a team. Mm-hmm. He is a great number three. And on this team, well, he's going to be a number four. Because I would put Embiid, Butler, or Simmons two or three. Either one of those guys could go two or three, and then Harris comes in at number four. That means JJ is now your number five person to take shots with. That's a deep starting five, well. It is. and But I don't understand why he – well, this was the fourth time he's – been involved in a trade world, and I don't get it. Right, he's only like twenty seven, twenty eight years old. Yeah, like he's still young. Right, and it's like he's a good player. And I think, I believe it was Charles Barkley the other day. He was like, "It's a shame because right. this is a guy that he's a winner. Like, like, like when he goes on teams, they improve." Well, nobody thought this. Um, the Clippers were going to be any. Any good like like Paul was gone, Blake was gone, right? Jordan was gone. All they had was right. Doc, right? And they're in the playoff race, which they're not going to be no more. I think they just gave up on the year, which I don't know why. But uh, same th- thing, yeah, same thing. That kind of scratched my head. You're in the playoff race, you get an up on the season, but th- anyway, well, he was the best player on that team, right? G- Gallo, you can make second or third. Williams, you can make. Second or third, but Tobias Harris. You had Alexander, too, the two draft picks that they got. Right. You know, same thing. Right. You know. And Harris would be the best player on that team, had that team in the playoff race in the West. Right. I I just don't get it. And I'm saying, but listen, he comes over back to the East, where he's been twice. Uh, Pistons, uh, I'm sorry, Magic, where the the team that, you know what I'm saying, picked him. Mm -hmm. Pistons, Mm -hmm. the second time. And so now it's like. You know, it's it's well. I think it's a trade that, it, as a Nets fan, <laughs> it scares me because we, if we make the playoffs, we can see Philly first round. We can right. see Boston first right. round. We're going to see one of the one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. So, another trade. Well, I I, I want to get your thoughts on this one. Well, Nikola uh, Heritage went from the Pelicans to the Bucks, and well. The books having a season that nobody expected, except me, because I did pick them I, in our NBA preview. I also did, too. I had Giannis going MVP. You did, Will. I'm sorry that I forgot. I am sorry. I am, fans, I am apologizing to Will uh, on air, Will. Will, you add him to the bench. Will, that, will, that is a deep team. Right. Giannis, Middleton, Brogdon, Bledsoe, Snell. Brooke now you Lopez. add him. Brooke Lopez, which... A school B said he's happy for Brooke, and I'm happy for Brooke too. Brooke is a dog time net, and I'm happy to see him on a winning team. Well, well, so just talk about those two moves: the Harris move, and then Nicola 
or as they call him, Three Cola. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. A three Cola? <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Not That's Nicola, a Three Cola. Yeah. What do you think of those two moves? Though? Um, the one thing with the uh, Tobias Harris move is, you know, with the Clippers, Sean, you hit it right on the head, you know, with, with Philadelphia. You know, he becomes now their fourth or fifth best option scoring-wise. And sometimes, you know, good teams – they need guys to rebound the ball, maybe take a little pressure off a guy like a Ben Simmons, you know, Joel Embiid, all that. You know, he's been in the league for a while, and he could do it all. He could do it all, Tobias Harris can. Right. Now, with the Clippers, like you said, and like I like how we were talking about it with Scoop, I don't understand it. I don't understand how and why the Clippers brass, who are in the middle of the playoff hunt, right. just – Wind up letting go, you know, and casting away. I just don't understand it. Right. I really don't. And then with the uh, Nikola Miritich move, you know, guy could shoot the three. Mm-hmm. You could get a guy around Giannis. Who, and this is like LeBron James and trying to add shooters around a guy like a LeBron. Giannis is on his way to becoming that. And if... If not, probably going to be even better than LeBron right. in that sense. Because Well, if he develops a jump shot, it's over. But we're not talking about developing. We're talking about the team. We're not oh, talking right. about the individual. We're mm-hmm. talking about the team. Mm-hmm. And with, with regards to, you know, the shooters, Middleton's a great shooter. They just... They have Bledsoe. Bledsoe is a great, great defensive presence. Mm-hmm. He's got the body that's built out of a rock. He's sure, but he's stocky as hell. Right, <laughs> right. And then you get Brooke Lopez, a guy that could shoot two on the outside. And then to add uh, Miritich, mm-hmm. it's just absolutely unbelievable that the Bucks pulled this deal off. So Right, and they, they didn't give up nobody really that they were counting – uh, counting on, so you right. know what I'm saying. So listen, those two moves, um, you know what I'm saying, and 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 we shall see. It's gonna be very interesting to see now, well, because Philly made a move, uh, Toronto made a move, Milwaukee made a move, Boston stayed put. Boston stayed put. Boston has see that this is the thing about Boston. Boston has the young pieces in place still. Jason Tatum. Nobody thought Jason Tatum last year would be. Going going off in the playoffs like this, mm-hmm. you know, but yet here we are now. Um, Kyrie Irving's on probably the the last year in Boston mm-hmm. at this point. It looks like, but yeah. we don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. And they still have Marcus Smart. They still have Al Horford. They still have Jalen Brown. They still have... Am I missing anybody? Uh, uh, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. You know, it's Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines, right? You know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of pieces depth. over there still. A lot yeah. of depth. Yeah. And Danny Ainge knows that depth in the playoffs ultimately helps. Right. It does. He he was on a lot of Boston teams that won championships in the '80s, and he was also on a a couple of good teams in the 90s, too, that made it to the finals, like the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. when they made it to the finals in 92. Well, my thing with Boston is, yes, 
the playoff run we know they went on last year. Right. I understand that. Well, you hope Kyrie and Gordon Hayward doesn't ruin it because mm-hmm. they, they weren't there. So I think that goes to now uh, Brad uh, Stevens has to figure out a way that, you know, look, look if if the game isn't going well and Kyrie right. is in, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to pull that Kyrie plug. Because Terry Rozier has that um, experience now. Kyrie has it too. Kyrie has uh, a ring, and Kyrie made what ended up being the game winning shot. I understand that. But in terms of the team, well, as you said, don't be afraid to put in these young guys who were just here the previous year. And I'm saying who will push it. A lot of people people, people forget the Bucks took them to seven games. Right. They took LeBron James to seven games, and if they could have just shot the ball better, I think the final score of that game was like 88-86, and, and it was just an ugly game seven to really, really watch. Well, but, um, you know, you know, they stayed put, and right. you have to wonder, are they going to regret it? Was it was it the right move? Because, well, it could be Boston case too. Sometimes the best trade you make is a trade that you don't make. Right. So that could be it, but... As you know, well, the Eastern Conference is it's it's really a top four: Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Philly. After that, five to eight. I mean, nobody is really going to care about five to eight, especially the Pacers had a chance, but all the depot went down, and it was like, damn, like that was the only team that could have broken up that top four. And now they're still going to make the playoffs but they're probably not going to make like any 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 I'm saying noise so right right we shall see right and you know what too with with the even with the west you know don't first to eight even the even the last couple of seeds in that in the west is just it's going crazy you know so we'll see what happens with uh basketball down the stretch Sean you have any final thoughts no, 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 uh, no further thoughts. Shout out to Scoop B again for coming on, Will. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking plenty of basketball as the playoff races. Also, Will, don't forget the buyout um, market as well. You know, teams are. We didn't even to... mention the buyouts with Scoop. Yeah, we right, right. We did not mention the buyouts with Scoop. Yeah, so. so. A lot so, of a lot of players lot still of, on that market right now. Market Ennis Cantor is still. And it's Carlos a free agent. The Knicks couldn't let Jordan go, even though, well, I read uh, somewhere the Knicks may want to keep Jordan because him and Kevin Durant are like best friends. Right. Knicks. Come on. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Makes sense. If DeAndre Jordan wants to go play for a championship, the Knicks are going to buy him out no, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Which means keeping him around to help, to help KD is going to do what? Nothing. Knicks fans, if Kevin Durant wants to come here, Stop, as they say in the hood, Will, Fiendin. He's he's going to come. If he wants to come here, he's going to come. Relax. Relax. If he's going to come, he's going to come. Calm the bricks. Calm your tits, as they say. Because the billboard for him, how you put up a billboard for a guy that's not even coming to your team yet or is on your team now? Like Nick fans, they have to. They have they have to chill. And well, you know what's crazy too, Will? The what if KD isn't even the right person for the team? Because Will, you've been on the record, Will, saying Kevin Rand is not made for New York, which I agree too. He's too sensitive. 
He gets mad at fans that call him whack. Kevin Durant, you know you're probably the second second best player in the league. Where, Who right. cares about some broke fan that had to spend his whole savings account just to come to, to the see game? You, yeah. Why do you care? Right. So we shall see. What yeah, and you know, and you know what too, and you know what too, with billboards, you want to know what billboard worked? Snow must go. <laughs> Snow must go. And what happened? What happened with that? Islanders fans. Right. Gotta love it. So, and, you know, you know who's running the show right now for the Islanders and who's the coach and who's first place. But we'll get to that in our next show. I have no final thoughts. Just thank you, Brandon Robinson, for coming on the board. Yes, sir. Awesome with a capital A. And, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Four, Sean Thomas. And for our wonderful producer, Eli, and for the wonderful people here at Gotham Podcast Studios, I'm William Trucci, logging out. So long, everybody. Will you throw me...